I just saw this piece of film. It's very unclear, but someone sent it to me about uh, a lady who came to the Rebbe the Sunday after Chav Chasnissen. Chav Chasnissen was Thursday night. She came Sunday by dollars. Now, I, I couldn't make out what she said, but somebody interpreted what she said, that she told the Rebbe, we, we've been leaning on the Rebbe for Mashiach all these years, and uh, it's basically not fair that the Rebbe should give the job to us. So the Rebbe said to her, I'm only one person, there's many people, and every person has to do something to bring Mashiach. So she said to the Rebbe, but the Rebbe is not an ordinary one person, the Rebbe is a Rebbe. So the Rebbe said, well, if I am a Rebbe, I'm telling you what needs to be. What needs to be, that everybody has to do something. Again, I, I have this piece of film, I can't make it out, but this is what I understand she said to the Rebbe. Rabbi Baris said, I'm going to say practically what we should do. I didn't know that I was going to say practically what we should going to do, because I don't know practically what we should do. I try to squeeze it all in in the little bit of time that we have. You must understand, and this is very difficult for you to understand, the Rekha, the, the historical framework, context of the Sikh of Chavches Nisim. The historical context is that for a Meshech's Manarav, for a good period of time prior to Chavches Nisim, the Rebbe was spoiling us, really spoiling us. Beginning Shvu'is time, Shvu'is time, Tovshin Mem Tes, 1989, Shvu'is times. The Rebbe announces that next year, Tovshin Nun, the Shnas Nisim. The it was Tehei Shnas Nisim, then it was Tehei Shnas It wasn't, it will be a Shnas Nisim. And that's exactly what it was. It was a period of one ness after another ness. And uh, the, the big miracles that we remember from that time were the Mohammed Hamifrat, the war in the Gulf, which was the most incredible war probably ever fought by man. The whole world was involved in a war. The whole world was involved in a war. The Gansavel. On one side lost a few hundred thousand soldiers, the other side lost then a hundred. Now we look at that war and we laugh. But Mishaitai, when that war took place, there was real fear. There was fear in America, there was fear all over the world, and there was especially fear in Eretz Yisrael. And uh, the Rebbe predicted that uh, the war was going to be greatly successful. The Rebbe called the Yalka Shemoni. The Yalka Shemoni says, that the Eibish says to Yidin, Kol Masha Sisi Lo Yisisi El Bishulchem. The Rebbe brings the Yalka Shemoni. But the Al-Kachemani says there's going to be a, the year the Mashiach comes. Shana Shemavacham Mashiach Babai. There's going to be a war that's going to involve the whole world. And there's going to be fear and there's going to be confusion and no one's going to know what to do. And Yidin are also going to be afraid. And Abish is going to tell them, do not be afraid. Everything that I did, I did only for you. And um, this Madrish, this Madrish which speaks about the the war in the Gulf, the Rebbe added two lines to the Medish from the next Medish, the next Shikri al Kachemeni, where it says, Shona Shamelech HaMashiach Niglebe, not Shona Shamelech HaMashiach Boboy, but Shona Shamelech HaMashiach Niglebe, the year in which Mashiach is revealed, Mashiach Eimed al Gag Beis HaMikdash, Mashiach is up on the roof of the Beis HaMikdash, and he says, Anovim Higiyaz Man Gulath, Anovim means humble ones, Higiyaz Man Gulath, from the time of your revelation, your redemption has arrived. And the Rebbe explained, and I'm saving time, that Gag Beis Hamikdash Pashat Bepashtas means seven seventy. It means Beis Rabbeinu Shabbat Baruch. 
In addition, of course, the Rebbe spoke Yemot had the safest place in the world of that Tisrael. And the miracles that happened in the Gulf War were just amazing. Unbelievable miracles. They shot 37, I think, 37 or 38 scuds on that Tisrael. And these scuds were really junky bombs. They were old, they were not, they were talking not, what, uh, they were not as advertised. They turned out not to be, but they were big bombs. They weighed 500 pounds. They can kill a lot of people. And not a single Jew was killed by a scud. The stories were just amazing, unbelievable stories. Uh, I remember at the time there was a picture of a house someplace in Israel that was sliced in half like a piece of birthday cake. You know, boom, cut off a half, half was gone. And there was a door. And you open the door, you're going to have Isakise, you understand? Every single person, that entire apartment block, every single person was in the other half. Every single person was in that house. It was multi stories on the other half. Mamash, unbelievable niece. Phenomenal niece. There's a word that the Rebbe said, and apparently I'm not even sure if the Rebbe said it, but the Rebbe, they told the Rebbe that the Rebbe said that the war is going to end Purim. Okay, so if I said the war is going to end Purim, the war is going to end Purim. I think I ended Purim. Nisim the flies. Mamash, Nisim the flies. I don't have the time or the energy to fight myself up to tell you the whole story, but Nganz Shturim. But it was, a, it was, it was I, I was a young guy, I was my first year in Yeshiva. And I remember the war started on a Monday, and Wednesday, the, Wednesday, the first Scud to the Israel. We were coming home from Yeshiva, Moshe Park, we had Scud to the Israel. If we go off on the to head in the radio, you know, we were, they never promised, safest place in the world, how could a Scud hit Israel? Many Scuds hit Israel. But people didn't die. That was one big area of this. And the other area of Nisim, which is Lachera, even a bigger Indian, was the Soviet Union, Russia. What happened as related to Russia was Mamish Pile Ploy. Mamish Pile Ploy. Mamish Pile Ploy. Pile Ploy, Mahatma Mafela. There's a safer called the Yedishke. There's a safer called the Yedishke. It's a big fat book. The Yedishke is about the Rebbe's relationship to Russia. But they have over there a small section which describes events happening in 770 as they were being paralleled in Russia. Le Marshal. And you must understand that I'm telling you a story, not that I read in a book, or that somebody told me. I remember living this story. I was a young kid. I'm much younger than Rabbi Bash, Rabbi Lipsker. But I, I, remember, I remember the Rebbe would say something about Fabrengen and everybody would smile and look at each other. We all knew what it meant. The Rebbe had two weapons in his arsenal. In Stamba he had more, but the two weapons that the Rebbe employed were, number one, that Erev Rosh Hashanah during the Fabrengen, the Rebbe always Fabrengen Erev Rosh Hashanah, always. At a certain point, during the Rebbe, the night, Rebbe, the night, Erev Rosh Hashanah, the night to Rosh Hashanah, the Rebbe would weave into the Fabrengen, however he weaved it in, I don't know how it connected to before or to after, the story of the Tzemach Tzedek for Krav and Paratias and Petrogos. The Tzemach Tzedek used to make Musical chairs in Petterburg. What this means is this. The Rabbeim didn't talk the first 24 hours of Rosh Hashanah. They didn't talk at all. They didn't say any words. Just Tate and Tilim. Tate and Tilim. If the Tzemach Tzedek spoke, it was the night of Rosh Hashanah by Suda. What did he talk about? Russian politics. This is what he talked about. And he would sit by his table in Lubavitch and talk about the different government officials who should be hired and who should be fired and who should get a better job, who should get a demotion. Whatever the Tzemach Tzedek spoke by his table, Rosh Hashanah, by night, happened. So the Rebbe would simply tell the story. The Rebbe didn't say what musical chairs he was going to play. He didn't tell the story. The Rebbe told the story, you knew somebody important was going to die. 
He told the story during the Mems twice or three times. Each time he told it, another one of the Russian leaders dropped dead. And it got to a point where Reb would tell the story and say, okay, next. In other words, it was so predictable that Reb didn't tell the story every year. But if he told the story, the second weapon of the Rebbe's arsenal was Pasha's Va'eda, the Eid Satichel Akim Lafarek. And the Rebbe told the story also come upon him. And in the book Yedishke, they document for each time he told each one of these stories who died. They tell you exactly who died. It's very interesting. Uh, the Rebbe Rashab said a Maimir, Pasha's Va'eda. Pasha's Va'eda is February. In Ayn Zayin, the year the Tsar was overthrown. And in this moment, the Rebbe explains among other things the idea that Klippa becomes a constant bottle to Gedush. So the Rebbe said that when the Rebbe Rashab said the Maimer in Zion, most people were not Mesim Le. People didn't pay attention. But those people who paid attention realized that it's connected to the Mapol of the Tsar. So the Rebbe told the story and there was a Mapol of somebody important. So when you grow up in 770, and this happens, come up. I, I understand that this happened, Lamashal, yeah? Pompidou. It happened earlier with other leaders. There was a French leader who was a big anti Semite, and the Rebbe told the story, and he died. In other words, the Rebbe didn't have to move the furniture around, he had to just simply talk about the fact that somebody else moved the furniture, and the furniture moved. You know, it was more makiftik. But understand that if you lived in 770, you were so used to this Indian of Gilead Lakus. I'm saying, they were telling time. Everybody in the room, you looked around the hall, everyone's smiling. You didn't know exactly what it means. You didn't know exactly who's going to die, but someone's going to die. This is how we lived. So I remember that in Lamites, if I'm not wrong, Brezhnev died. Maybe, maybe he was after Lamites. Then Russia went through a president every other year. There was a guy named Chanenko, there was a guy named Andropov, and then there was a guy named Gorbachev. Each one of these guys came to power. Sooner or later, they never the Celta Maisent, and we shook the other belt. And we, like I said, this is, this is documented. He walked out. Often is not here, yeah? You can hear the tapes, the Fabrengans version are on tape. You can hear the Rebbe tell the story. You know what year it is, and you see who died the following year, yeah? The Hemshech Asipur, of course, is that before Pesach Memhei, they appointed Gorbachev. Gorbachev was a young leader, Lefeyerich, he wasn't 80, he was 50. But he was still a member of the KGB, and nobody knew what was going to be in Russia. And the day he came to power, the day he came to power, they never called in Branovet, and he told Branovet to call all the Nash in Russia and tell them that now their lives are going to materially improve. So he called them up, and they all told him that they don't feel that and they don't see that. They see Pumfakert, they see that now the situation is going to become much more dangerous. They are afraid he's going to be Peshat Stalin. They didn't know what he was going to do. Garbage. Uh, uh, and that's exactly what happened. I remember the following year, Memvov, at a Pesach, the Rebbe announced that he was going to build Shamir. Uh, the Rebbe made what was called the Machane Soul Development Fund. I don't know when it started, but it started around then. Machane Soul Development Fund meant like this. There was no longer Yechidus. The Rebbe was Kvayachal, inaccessible. So one of the Shluchim made a proposal to the Rebbe, and I saw uh, the, the bylaws of the Machines of this Machines of Development in the Rebbe's own handwriting, where he writes that it was Atzav, the Shluchim, and the Rebbe crossed out the words, that Shluchim should bring the Balabatim to the Rebbe, 
and they would give the Rebbe a certain amount of money for Tzedakah al-Daite with Fashidin et Noyim. One of the Noyim was that it was not allowed to be at the expense of any other Yiddish Tzedakahs that they gave, even Reform Yiddish Tzedakahs. That means they had to be an above and beyond all the Tzedakahs that they gave. They had to give the Rebbe $100,000 over five years. Which meant they came twice a year. Each time they gave the Rebbe $10,000. It was an opportunity for them to meet the Rebbe. The money was given to the Rebbe al-Daite. So they would do whatever he wanted with the money. The Val de Geltas Gelegen, the money was collected over a couple of years, and then that money went to build a yeshuv in Yerushalayim called Shamir for Russian for professionals, for scientists. But it was out of Pesach, the Rebbe called by Fabreng in Branavel, it was like a Zunstag and all of a Shalom, Rabshem Madanchik. And the Rebbe, Sartan Selechaim, and he gave them this Shlichus. But at the time the Rebbe gave him a Shlichus, there wasn't a Jewish soul leaving Russia. It was like ridiculous. There was nobody leaving Russia. There was nobody coming out of Russia. What's he building a city for? Why build a city as Kumnish Kayidin? In a very short time, the doors of Russia opened. Shamir. It's a. They built it. They pushed built apartments. They built a neighborhood in Yerushalayim. It's a neighborhood in Yerushalayim. And uh, in other words, the Rebbe Pasha preempted it. So when it came to Russia, we already had. We were pushed so used to this idea that the Rebbe feared the Welt, you understand? The Hem Shechasipur is, Gorbachev began to change Russia very quickly. Maybe a little bit quicker than he would want it after. And the safe mice is, I'll just tell you the end of the story. I mean, I was in Russia in Memches twice. I was Memches. I was not at all afraid. We, we, the Rebbe was the one who was afraid, you should know. The only one who was afraid of the Russians was the Rebbe. We used to get a warning in the name of the Rebbe that was obvious that this is still Soviet Russia. And you shouldn't think that because they're not harassing you, you have to behave, you have to follow the rules, and so forth. So still during communism? Of course during communism. Communism fell. The official end of the communist state was December 31st, 1991, which is in the winter of Nimbez. Hanukkah time Nimbez, okay? But the story, the Sipura Sipura, what happened when people started going to Russia? It started opening. When I went to Russia, we had to stay in the hotel, which meant, first of all, they could listen to what we were saying, and second of all, it costed an enormous amount of money. Two years later, by Tavshinun, they were pushing staying in people's apartments, and they were getting rubles on the Schwarzer Mark. It was 12 rubles to a dollar, 16 rubles to a dollar, 20 rubles to a dollar. And for a ruble, you could buy a pound of bread. <laughs> it was the Russian currency. And, um, and Shlucha moved to Russia. The first three Shlucha moved to Russia was Kamenetsky. He moved to, um, to, the, to, to the Rebbe city, to the Rebbe Trust. Rebbe Lazar moved to Moscow. And Rabbi Moskowitz moved to Kharkiv. Um, what happened? And to me, the the convergence, to me, the coming of these events is a shreik. It's, it's so significant. Um, there was a magazine called Kfar Chabad. Kfar Chabad, the Rebbe himself called it There's a letter from the Rebbe written in the winter in Nun Beis when they had the 500th Installment there gets Mahmoudanikabrachas, a very interesting letter, beautiful letter. The winter of Nunbeis. But the Bach was not happy with the Kfachabad. Why? It wasn't radical enough. I mean, the Rebbe wanted the Kfachabad to be a certain way. So there was another magazine that came out that was called Beis Chayena. Everybody got the Beis Chayena. Whether you read the Kfachabad and Advaith, the Kfachabad. The Beis Chayenu followed the Rebbe around step by step, breath by breath. They used to record every little detail. Now you can get them, for, yeah, they charge a lot of money for those books, basically, but they're really good. They're really worthwhile. 
the base Chayenu used to report everything that happened by the Rebbe. Bachrim, Bachrim. There's Gavaldike answers. The whole Tkuf, if you want to get a sense of the Tkuf, you read the base Chayenu, you get a good sense. By the way, there is a Sefer on Tavshir and Alakot that are in the Flois. They made a Sefer on them based on Gimel. But I, I can't get it anymore. Many years ago, they gave a Sefer of a Yoman of that Tkuf. But the base Chayenu reported a funny thing. The Rebbe went to the oil in Yanayar and Sreim Alavoch. Monday and Thursday, they went to the oil. It used to be Sunday and Thursday, Monday and Thursday. When the Rebbe would come from the oil, it was not uncommon for the Rebbe to remain sitting in the car finishing Rambam. The Rebbe used to learn Rambam after oil. So come upon the Rebbe would come back from, from the oil, and he would sit in the car, and finish the light was on, it was dark already, the Rebbe was learning Rambam. The base Chayena reported that the Rebbe was learning the wrong Rambam. You could look it up, right of eyes, you could see it. Two or three times, the Rebbe was learning the Rambam. Hilchus, he said, yeah, Tero. The Lachas of Nevuah. And we were in a completely different place in Rambam. The Siyam was Nunbeis Tishrei. And this is Elo. So we were like, instead of, we were holding the end of the Rambam, the Rebbe was learning the beginning of Rambam. I think twice, the Beis Chayinah reported that the Rebbe was learning Pasha the wrong Rambam. Nuzog Pshat. Then came Shabbos Pashas Shaftim, Nunalaf. And I don't know how much you know about the Sikhir. But there is no way, impossible to give over what happened by that Fabrengen. The Mugen de Kesiche for sure doesn't reveal the energy of that Fabrengen. And even that, the, what do they call it, the Teichen Kotzer, if you were by that Fabrengen, I mean, I was at that Fabrengen. It was the summertime. Basically, the Rebbe started off ringing with the Haftarah, Shiva Shavtaich Kivar, Shavtaich Kivar, Shavtaich Kivar, and he asked, how come the Haftarah says, Shavtaich and Yaisaich, and the Chumish says, Shavtaich Veshavtaich. Again, the whole Fabrengen was just Nekudim. And if I can summarize this Fabrengen in one sentence, that Fabrengen was about an hour and a half, went very long Fabrengen. The entire Teich Fabrengen is, there is a Novi B'Yisrael, and he is the Talmud Acharav of the Friyadik Rebbe. You decide what that means. Maybe it means Berke Gerari or somebody excited like that. Yeah, And he is a Novi. On what grounds is he a Novi? He's a Novi on the grounds of Novi Sheheyed Le Novi Yachashu Novi. He's not a Novi because he does Eifis and Meis. He's not a Novi for any other reason. He's a Novi because the Friyadik Rebbe said he's a Novi. And it's a mitzvah say the rice of Eil of Tishmon. You have listen to Novi. How can I not listen to the Navi? That was the whole Fabrengen. A tiny. And the Rebbe, if you look in the Sikha, the Rebbe was medactic. You have to come to the Navi, you have to ask him, all of you are in Yonah. The Rebbe wrote in the Hanukkah, in the Mugadikya. You have to ask him, kol drochecha, and the Eyu was in a parenthesis. Kol masecha, and the Hashem Shemaim, in other words, poshut your gashmer. And the, the spirit of that Fabrengen was a tiny to Hasidim. How come asking the Rebbe? And the Rebbe said that this Navi is saying, Mashiach is coming. As a Nevu. It was an incredible Gilu. In the Sikhe, the Sikh of Shaftim, there's a paragraph. I remember the Rebbe saying the paragraph. The Rebbe said, in these words, Zoha de Reinu, as the Rebishter at Mamalagavan Abal Bachira, was mitzadat me, yezer shalebe erachan shader, as erzazain shaifet hader, on yeyet hader, on neyet, no yadar. The Rebbe said those words. I think it's word for word. I remember the Rebbe saying, Zoha de Reinu. It's printed in the Nacha word for word, just the way the Rebbe said. Our day was Eich. The Eibish to put someone in this generation who has no business being in this generation. He's talking about himself. I want you to understand. So in Gvach, in Etzol, Gvach, Levitik, and Freilich. The Rebbe said, you have to be a father that he's a Navi. So he put in the papers and the Rebbe got upset. What's that looked inside to him? 
So he said, the Rebbe said about the Rebbe, the Rebbe said, no, I meant the Friedrich Rebbe. <laughs> Only problem is, he said about the Friedrich Rebbe, and then he said, who does that mean? This was Shabbos. The Gilu was unbelievable. But while the Tkufa was a very, very interesting Tkufa. Monday night, the world blew up. Two days later, and I personally feel, my head again, that push this Gilu, you know, two things happened at the same exact time. The riot started in Crown Heights. I don't know if you're familiar with the story. Yid was pushed killed, was murdered. The Rebbe came from the Oyo, and there was a car accident, and a Schwarzer kid was killed. And the Schwarzers went nuts. For three days, Crown Heights was Nazi Germany. There's pictures of police standing and watching Schwarzers beating up Jews and doing nothing. It was a pogrom bebashtas. For three days. That's number one. And number two, at the very same time, in Russia, they overthrew Gorbachev. They pushed it overthrew. There was a revolution. There was a coup d'etat. Who threw him out? All the old-timers who put him in. And these old-timers were Talmudim of Stalin himself. And the world hiccuped. But you made they were going back to the Dark Ages. Now, by noon now of summer, noon now of summer, for being too, for being too liberal. The official position was that he, um, he's sick, he had a breakdown. And they can't function as a governor, so they took another view. The streets of Moscow are filled with people. The whole city comes out to protest. And the streets are filled with tanks. Tanks, Russian tanks, big Russian tanks. These mamzeidim, these Russian hardliners, instructed the tanks to shoot at their own citizens. And the people come out into the streets. It could have been a bloodbath. It could have killed thousands of Russians like this. Now, im tim tzalema, you can't imagine that communists could kill their own. Two years before, in Tavshin Mem Test, 1989, in China, students made a protest in Tiananmen Square. And in five minutes, five minutes, the Chinese army killed 3,000 Chinese students in five minutes. So killing your own is not a problem for communists. And the tankists refused to shoot. This showdown lasted 72 hours. After, two, after 72 hours, the hardliners were thrown over. Gorbachev came back to power. And that was the end of Russia. It was Mamish the end of Russia. Because when he came back to the, to the capital, he said he's making elections. And the elections involve two things. One of them is who's going to be the leader of the Russian state. And if people want to dissolve the Union, the Soviet Union was a half a world. The Soviet Union was 11 time zones. The whole world is, is 24 time zones. The Soviet Union alone was 11 time zones. Almost a half a globe. You understand? And they made it a vote. The vote took place and the Russians, the people of the Union, divided, voted for the dissolution of the Union. This was in December, August. December 31st, 1991, Soviet Union officially gestarted and finished. Over. I'm not going to say all of our shalom, but he's certainly not sheyech yet. We can't talk Yamach Shamei. At this point, it's Yamach Zichrei. This is the story. But you have to understand what happened in the interim. And this is the vote. Tuesday morning, there's Russian, there's Lubavitcher boys and girls all over Russia making camps. At the same time, also, there's camps from non Lubavitcher, Gude. Tuesday morning, Everybody wakes up. There's an overthrow of the government. And everybody understands this could be, it could be World War III. It could be terrible. So Aguda pulled out all its boys and girls. And they pushed it, abandoned the children. They just left them in camps and left the country. 
They'll get home. They'll walk if they have to. You know? The Lubavitchers made a phone call to New York. And the Rebbe wrote a tzettel. This tzettel is poshit. It's one of the most historic notes anybody ever wrote, I think, in the history of the world. The tzettel says, Yam du al-mishmat. V'yam shichu v'avidosah b'kedesh. Koposhet. Askar al the answer was they should stay where they are, they should continue to do the holy work, and then the Rebbe said, Kaposhet. What's mean Kaposhet? I don't understand the question. The world is burning down, and the Rebbe said, I don't understand the frage. In other words, the Rebbe was in a different place, and where he was, there was no coup d'etat. It was about a 72 hour. The first morning. What the 70? The first morning, the first few hours. Battle Lazar flew back with his wife and baby to Russia on an airplane. The only people on the airplane, him and his wife and his kid. Why? Everybody canceled their flights. Who's traveling to Nazi Germany the day after Hitler comes to power? He asked the Rebbe, should I go back to Russia? Of course. Kaposhet. <laughs> so he had, he had two stewardesses per, per traveler. You understand? The plane was empty. This is the, this is the background. There's a tkuf of Nisim and the flights. I mean, Bechlau. I don't have to tell you, as Bamreb Mgeven Nisim, not Bederech HaTevel. I mean, Bederech HaTevel was bleakful. Every breath was a ness. Mamish, Gilead, of course. But this was a Tkufa where the Nisim were Pashat. You understand what it means? The Pasuk says in Pashas Bolok, Ye'om ko'eis, Ye'om ma'leyayin kevul Yisrael ma'pol keil. Set kumen atzai, for the ganze velt, the kumen zagein, tzayidin, zayid, vos, kutu bebishtun. The whole world came to 770. What is the Abish doing next? Because the Nevoa by the Rebbe and the outspokenness, the Rebbe predicted thing after thing after thing with such Nisim. Ni- I want to tell you something. They gave out now a video of Chavova Darish and Tavshin Base one day before the stroke. Yeah? If you look at that video, it's three minutes long. In the background, you see a reporter. He stood there a whole day. The biggest news outlets in the world came to 770 because they knew you want to get the news fresh, you got to come here, this is where the news happens. This was the, this was the Tukufa. So if you were a Lubavitcher at that time, we used to go speak in the shuls during the Gulf War. The streets were lined with people. They didn't let you into the shul. The whole way from Crown Heights, wherever we went, to Flappers, to Varakar, the Fabrengans were very short. Fabrengans started usually around 5 to 2. They didn't start 1.30. By 3 o'clock they were over. So even in the winter, you had time to walk to Canarsie, to some parts of Flatbush, to get to Tafemichat to say Yezvateire. It was winter, the Gulf was winter. Every Shabbos, people wait, because whatever the Babach said, it was as simple as that. This was the Tkuf. Tuesday night, thus haste. Tuesday was Chavhei to Chavav Nisi. Was Yechidus. So the Archam came for Pesach. This Yechidis is taped, it's on video, and it's a Sikha that's Mugen. In other words, you can have it in any which way you want. The entire Sikha was the Rebbe saying, See, I told you so. Which is Mechal, not the Rebbe's style. You, know, you come to the Rebbe, you tell him, Oh, you did a Mephis. Say, we say such things as uh, the Rebbe the Shvera got the Vitam Cook. Or the Abish the Prophet Moisim. Or I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you see this guy, Sam Dom, comes to the Rebbe. Dusa the Rebbe's Brucha. He points at his grandson. 
Das ist nicht mein Brach der Ebischen Brach. Oh, das ist ein Brach. Aber sie will ein Brach von dir, nicht von dem Ebischen. Maybe it's Ebischen Brach, but they want it comes, they want from you. That's what he told me. They will a Brach von dir. He says to them, they want a Brach von dir, not von der Ebischen. So he gives them a Brach. It was also talking the day before, and the Rebbe talked to him, the Rebbe said his name, Saddam, the Rebbe said his name. And there was a lot of, there's a lot of things that happened during that Kufa, which are very interesting. There was a Sikh of Yisrael that the Rebbe said to be Goynes. And in the second Gulf War, the things that the Rebbe said in the Sikh of Yisrael happened. The Rebbe Pasha spoke a Sikh, saying things that already occurred, that would come to pass 10 years later in the second Gulf War. The Rebbe said to bury the Sikh. When in the second Gulf War, the Rebbe, things that the Rebbe said then happened with Payal. It's such an interesting time. And it's all documented. This is nicht. Anyway, then comes Thursday night, you understand? The Rebbe comes from the Yoyo. And in those years, there was no more Fabrengas during the week. The Rebbe stopped Fabrengas during the week after Chav Bey's Shvat. But there were a lot of Sikhs during the week. Twice, sometimes, three times a week, the Rebbe said a Sikh. And every show, every single time the Rebbe spoke, he gave dollars. Every time. Sometimes the Rebbe spoke twice a day. So he gave dollars twice. Every time he spoke, he gave dollars. He came from the Yoyo and said a Sikh. The Sikh was a perfectly normal Sikh for that time. And the whole Teichon Sikh was bringing out the Mailas of the time. It's Nissen, then it's the end of Nissen, then it's Pasha's Shmini. Mile after mile after mile after mile. We're holding close to that Marash, and so forth. And Mittamol, completely out of the blue from our perspective, we got those three minutes. You know that the whole shtickle of Chalchas Nissen is less than three minutes. The whole shtickle is less than three minutes. And the Rebbe got so upset. Sheikh's not going to come tonight. Sheikh's not going to come tomorrow, and nobody cares. The first few words were very painful. But in spite of that, they were painful. We had heard such words before. We, it wasn't the first time the Rebbe spoke this way. But then all of a sudden the Rebbe had something new, which we never heard before. Was ken ich in dem ton weiss ich nicht. What I can do about it, I don't know. Weil er alt von sich auf geton ist gewen lehevel valarik, so es gönnischen darissen. Everything I did was lehevel valarik. In the Mugadik Sikha, the Rebbe changed it. But in the tape, in the, I, was, I mean in the Sikha itself, the Rebbe said lehevel valarik. And then the rabbi said, "You must not marry me. You believe me? God is a ruchni, but he gave it to Avi to Sasha." Why are you? It didn't help. Then the rabbi, so the rabbi said, "Bemele, give his ibe yeder in efanach. I give it over to each one of you." And this was something the Hasidim didn't know how to eat. We still don't know how to eat it. So first, the rabbi said, "You have to find ten yidden." I mean, you, you know the sikh. And then the Rebbe said, you have to find one, two, or three. The Rebbe says to Sikh, it's so unbelievably emotional. And he goes to give dollars. We start screaming at Masai, then we start singing at Masai. You can look and you watch the video. Zalman Garari, you watch him go by the Rebbe. Zalman Garari is going to be the 10th person walking by the Rebbe. He's the very beginning of the line by dollars. The first few people. And the Rebbe hands him a dollar, and the Rebbe leans forward, tells him something. You don't know what the Rebbe says, but you watch, not Zalman Gerai says something to the Rebbe, the Rebbe says to Zalman Gerai. What the Rebbe told him was, I just wasted my words. Like it was a waste of time. And we, we went crazy. And we're still crazy. We've never, we, Lubavitch is as much under the spell of Chav Ches Nisne as under the spell of Gimel Tamaz and Chazayin 
you saw, I told you that a lady came the following da- Sunday to Dallas and she told the Rebbe that he has no right to do this to us. We, we believe the Mashiach because of him. Now he's given us the job. Excuse me. And the Rebbe said, yeah, it's your job. A lot of very strange things happened. I'm not going to go into all the details. The Pratim. I just want to say to you several things. First of all, understand that when you appreciate the background of Nisim that we are privy to, you appreciate the complete surprise of Hokhasnis. We're completely not expecting it. This is the And this is really worth mentioning. And that is that the truth is that the Sikh of Chav Nisan is not the first time the Rebbe said this. It's the first time the Rebbe said it that we noticed it. Four years before, Purim Tovshin Mem Zayin. The Sikh is not Mugu, but the Sikh is available on tape, it's available on video with subtitles, it's available also in, in a Hanukkah, it's basically translated in English and so on. Jem gave it out, Kama Vakama Piyama. Purim Tovshin Mem Zayin. The Rebbe spoke a very, very long Sikh. It was close to two hours. It was an hour and a half ashore. Two sikhs, a longer sikh and then a shorter sikh. The Rebbe started off that sikh with a kasha. The kasha that the Rebbe asked that sikh was, he asked the kasha, how come by Fabrengen we talk so much about Mashiach? I, I am asking you, when the Rebbe says, how come by Fabrengen we talk so much about Mashiach, who was he talking about? He was talking about himself. But he had a verse by Fabrengen, Meret. Meret, I don't know who me is, is talking about Mashiach so much. The Rebbe says, my father didn't talk about Mashiach so much. The Rebbe said, the Friedrich Rebbe didn't talk about Mashiach so much. The Rebbe said, I myself, in earlier years, did not talk about Mashiach as much as I'm talking about Mashiach now. And the Rebbe said, why? Why am I talking about Mashiach? What's, he didn't use these words, but this was the Teichen. What's pushing me to talk about Mashiach? That's number one. Number two, the Rebbe said, why am I talking so much about the Shevet Mitzvah B'nei Neach? There's a very big arichis about the Sheva Mitzvah B'nei Neach. Now, parenthesis, there was another occasion, if I'm not wrong, it was during Simachas Betish Eben Memchas, but I could be wrong. Would Rebbe ask the same question? Why is he talking so much about Mashiach? And more or less, the answer that the Rebbe gave was, the fact that he's talking so much about Mashiach is the raya that now is the time to talk about Mashiach. The fact that the Rebbe is talking so much about Mashiach is that I is now with Hunter about Mashiach. But in the Fabrengen of Purim Memzai, the Rebbe said something different. The Rebbe said, Favos, Rebbe, Chazi, Vag, Mashiach. So the Rebbe said, I started to look in Svarim for an answer. Chagunum, Zuchim, Favos, why am I talking so much about Mashiach? And the Rebbe said, I only came up with one possible answer. The answer that I came up with is as follows, the Rebbe says. The reason I'm talking about Mashiach so much is because at this point, the Indian of Mashiach, Geita Riber Fundem Hanasi Tzuder Hakoyel. That's the words of the Rebbe. That the Indian of Mashiach goes up from the Nasi, the head of the generation, to to the whole generation. And the Rebbe explained. In the olden times, there was a Nasi Hakoyel, and people were properly connected to the Nasi Hakoyel. The Nasi Hakoyel spoke, talked about Mashiach, and because they were connected to the Nasi, so that was enough for them, the Rebbe says. But now is a different time. And the Rebbe says, now it's necessary for everybody. The answer to the question, why am I talking about Mashiach so much? Because now Mashiach is no longer the business of the Rebbe. It's the business of every person. The Rebbe says this in the Fabrengen four years before. 
This the Rebbe didn't say emotionally, he didn't scream and shout. He said it, and you can see it, you can listen, you can read the Sikhah. And the Rebbe gave a, a hezbir about it. And in that Fabrengen, this was the Koch. In other words, we know that in Tafshin Nunalaf, when people asked the Rebbe, so what are we supposed to do to bring Mashiach? The Rebbe's answer was to learn in Yonah Mashiach, or to learn about Mashiach. Nunalaf, Tazim said it. But in the Fabrengen of Purim Memzayim, the Rebbe had a different emphasis. The emphasis the Rebbe gave in that Fabrengen was the Rambam. The Rebbe spoke to the Rambam. At the Rambam Paskins. But the Rambam Paskins, a person has to look at himself as being exactly 50-50. He has to look at the whole world as being exactly 50-50. And he does one good act, he tips the scale in favor of the whole world. And the Rebbe said, You have to be mafars from this Rambam. At this Rambam is Allah Allah you have to tell people that it's a din poshet and shachon that a, how should a person, in other words, when the Rebbe says that the idea of Mashiach, what is the Eitzah, so to speak, for a person to be able to be Mekayim, this Eitzah, to bring Mashiach, the answer that the Rebbe gave, in effect, was in that Sikh, in Memzayim, you have to look at your life in such a way that there is literally one act missing in order to bring about the coming of Mashiach, you will do, you will complete that one act, Mashiach will come. I didn't see it today when I looked, but I'm almost sure that in that same Sikha, the Rebbe also mentioned the other Rambam. Where the Rambam spoke about Hira Tshuva. The Rambam says that the Rambam Paskins, that if a person is a Rosh Gomer, and he says to a lady, so the Allah is Mokudeshes, a Suffolk Mokudesh. Everybody knows he's a Russian governor. The person is a complete Russia, he's a Makadesh, a woman. Why would you think there's a condition? And the Gemara answers, One Hira Chuva makes the Tzadah Gomer. The Rebbe holds, and he said it many, many times, that in our times every year had a Hira Chuva, or every year there's a Tzadah Gomer. And the Rebbe implied that the method by which the Hakoil brings Mashiach is by having this mindset of Maisa Achas, Dibar Achas, Machshova Achas, Machriach, Zahazim, Cholo, Elam, Kul, Lekav, Chos, Mei, Belei, Belei, Mishu, Vatshav. This is some of what the Rebbe spoke in that Sikhe. There was a lot uh, more Ariches um, in that Sikhe. Two points that the Rebbe made, so to speak, as Simone Mashiach. There were two in the other, as Simone Mashiach, that are current at that time. The first one was that we're living in an age of extreme events, the Rebbe said. Kitsoyniyazdika events. Mitzad echad, there are things happening in the world that are pushed terrible. Wars and jealousies and competitions and so on. Mitzad Asheni, we see events of incredible goodness, the Rebbe says. And these events of incredible goodness are also in the same manner of Mashiach, extreme thing. And the Rebbe gave an example of an extreme thing in Tzadatev from the Rebbe Chavah. The Rebbe Chavah was a human being that if you knew him, you realized that he was a complete anomaly. It didn't make sense such a person should exist. Let me say, he was a posh teyid in Yonim Pnimim, and his, his, his madreig of Teireh was his machadish, a whole new derech. And the Rebbe says, this idea that such a person should exist is, the Rebbe called it a simen of Mashiach, as a vildezach. That was one dogma the Rebbe gave. And the second idea, which the Rebbe spoke, come up over, but he spoke it not for bringing as well, was the idea of the of the Islam, which says in the end of the Neil, 
that when Mashiach comes, the world doesn't have any lies. Everything comes out. Everything is exposed. Everybody knows everything. And the Rebbe spoke a whole lot of Why? That's a good thing. L'cheri is bad. It's a terrible thing. You reveal all the shmutz. I mean, we see it happening in Mubuchash. You reveal more shmutz, people become more shmutzik. And the Rebbe said, no. You reveal more the shmutz so you're able to be magal, the emek to be able to be masakinit. And b'tad ha-shemi, you're magal, the teiches ne'alon, you're b'tudin for One interesting thing the Rebbe mentioned, I'm going to finish with this, was in the midst of this whole arichas de kesiche, the Rebbe mentioned the Gemara about Heisha ben Eila, which the Rebbe spoke about many times. And what it says in the Gemara is that Heisha ben Eila was the best of the kings of Yisrael. Because he was the one who removed the roadblocks. There was a roadblock that didn't allow the Yidin from Yisrael to go to the Beis Hamikdash, which was in Yehuda. He removed the roadblocks. What was his schar for removing the roadblocks? That the Aseret Hashvatim went into Golos. So the Gemara asked a question. He was the best of Malchai Yisrael. He removed the roadblocks. What's his schar? He didn't gain in Golos. And the Gemara explains because until then, the Koyler Toloi B'Tavre Yochit. Only the king was guilty. Yidin didn't go Alila Regal. It was the king's fault. But now that you remove the roadblocks, it becomes everybody's achrai. So the Rebbe says, what am I doing? I'm taking the Indian of Mashiach, which is the property of Hanasi. I'm giving it to Hakoil. So the Rebbe says, I'm creating a problem for the whole Klal Yisrael. So the Rebbe says, don't worry about it. Why? He says, because you have to be a, in a very high madrege to be held accountable for not kochim Mashiach. He says, in other words, nothing is going to happen to you. If you don't do anything, but mitzad Hashemi, you should understand that you have this achrai to bring Mashiach. What I'm trying to say, in other words, is um, that although the Sikh of Chavchas Nisan was so emotional and it shook us up so much, if you look back, you realize that it wasn't the Pshat that there was only emotion. In other words, the Rebbe said it with an unbelievable pain. I mean, I, the Rebbe should basically give up. That's what happened. The Sikh of Chavchas Nisan was almost an event of Yish, which is so uncharacteristic of the Rebbe. You realize that the Rebbe spoke the same Indian in other cases, with Yishavadas, and you understand that the Rebbe means it. The Shailas, what does he mean? So these are two Heirois, says this. One Heirois is the Heirois the Rebbe gave in Nunalaf, which is can learn in Yonim Mashiach Gu'ula. And the other Heirois is that a Yid has to look at his life with the understanding that Mashiach is not going to come because the whole world becomes perfect. Mashiach is going to come because one Yid does one good mice. Okay, let's step my